Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashat Tatsriya and it's a parasha in which we deal with the loss of impurity of people, of human beings and um, it talks about a very specific uh, thing that is, it talks about it very strongly and it's called La Shonara and La Shonara, La Shonara is when we speak uh, evil about other people, when we speak the derogatory or we do slander or we say lies about people or even if we say the truth about somebody but we do it uh, in, a, in a not good way. It's called La Shonara. At the end of last uh, parasha Shemini we were dealing with the kosher animals and the non-kosher animals what renders an animal trave not fit for consumption which is an, an impure animal and what makes up an animal pure and it's fit for our consumption so last week we were dealing with what goes inside the mouth and this week we deal with what goes outside of the mouth so we have to be kosher both in and out and uh, and, it, and we live in a time in which we are bombarded by this uh, vicious slander. We have it everywhere. We have it in our news. We have it in our Instagram accounts, in our Facebook. Uh, people call each other and they're talking about other people. You go into a, a, anywhere you go, you hear people talking about other people. And it's a, it's a very complicated thing to deal with. It's very complicated in our days to be uh, far away from it. But nevertheless, the Torah was true 3,500 years ago, is true today as well. We see how, how many people have been destroyed because of this uh, evil speech. How it destroys people, it destroys families, and it destroys communities. It's, it's a horrendous sickness. So in this parasha, Tazria, it says, And God spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, If a man has a seid, a sepahath, or a beheaded, on the skin of his flesh, and he forms a lesion of Sarat on the skin of his flesh, he shall be brought to Aharon the Kohen or to one of his sons, the Kohanim. The Kohen shall look at the lesion on the skin of his, of his flesh, and if a hair in the lesion has turned white, and the appearance of the lesion is deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a lesion of Sarat. When the Kohen sees this, he shall pronounce him unclean. So originally, Sarat is translated as leprosy. This is when people talk about Sarat, they talk about leprosy. But in reality, it's not the same thing. It's similar in the, in the, in the aspect that when a person, God forbid, has leprosy, he is shunned away from the community. He has to go to an isolated place and live in isolation because a leprosy is a highly contagious disease. It's something that... Uh, Thank God today there, there's medicine for it and the, and the amount of it has diminished but in olden times it was a real problem and people had to go and live in a place for the rest of their life till the day they, they, they died because there was no cure and it was highly contagious. But Sarat is a complete different malady. It's a malady that comes from a spiritual lack, from a spiritual deficiency in a person it's not contagious, it gives only to the person that spoke about someone else in a not good way. And it's also that Sarat can go into the furniture, into the clothing, into the walls of a home. And it has to be dealt with that too. 
And the Talmud concludes that the Sarat is a supernatural malady that afflicted Jewish individuals for certain misdeeds, and spe especially in scenes regarding speech, like Lashonara and Motse Shemra, which is act of knowingly sharing false information. So either you spoke truth or not truth about a person, and it was evil speech, this would be rendered a, a, a reason of why a person would uh, get this spiritual malady that would be uh, exposed in his skin. The act of these two types of speech creates a, a lack of harmony and it causes many fights and misunderstandings and hatred between people. And the, in reality for Hashem there's nothing worse than the uh, Noah Havat Israel when there's no love for your fellow. This is the the only thing, unity is what takes us out of every problem. It saves us from the worst disasters. When the people are together, they're united with love, with Ahava, and they love each other and respect each other and tolerate each other, Hashem will protect us uh, no matter what happens. So in the times of the sanctuary, in the, in the desert, the Mishkan, and the two preceding temples, the Jewish nation had high sense of spiritual sensitivity. We were highly sensitive spiritually and uh, any misdeed that a person would do would affect him tremendously and it would show in his body so it says that in the times of the temple if a person would get sick he would go to the Kohen and he would uh, assess him and look at him and says you know what you have this because you're lacking in this mitzvah or you're not doing this mitzvah properly or you're not doing this and then his body would start uh, having like an allergic reaction to whatever misdeed he was doing. So the, the Tzarat uh, specifically, uh, it was a lesion that came out either in the garments or in the clothes or in the furniture on a person or uh, on a person's skin or in the walls of a house and it was um, something that came because of this uh, sensitivity to lack of, uh, of, of doing things that were not right. It was like an allergic reaction. You know, when a person is allergic to something, it's because he's highly sensitive to that allergen. A person that doesn't have that high sensitivity towards something won't get allergic to peanuts or to cheese or to whatever uh, makes him allergic. So this is what uh, happened. And the person with Sarat, in whom there is a lesion, his garments shall be torn. The, the clothes he was wearing, his head shall be unshorn, he could not cut his hair, he shall cover himself down with his mustache, he had to let his mustache grow all over, and he had to go out into the street and start screaming unclean, unclean. This created a lot of shame on that person. Why did he have to go through this shame? This was part of the process of his cleansing, because when a person talks about another person, he creates shame on that other person that is being talked about. The, the person that knows that people are talking about him can't even go into the street, he feels shame. So we see that an integral part of the Tzarat experience was the need to remain apart, separated from the community, so he could feel himself the pain and isolation a person who has been so spoken about feels. So what would happen is that this person that had contracted Tzaraz, he was called a Metzora, would be also isolated, he would be taken out of his uh, of his uh, dwelling of where he lived and he had to go to an isolated place and be alone 
till he got healed. And the beauty is that once a week of seclusion had passed, the Kohen would come every week and inspect that person and see if the Tzarat had left the person, if he was healed. And if he was healed, he would take two birds, he would take two, he, uh, he would take two birds, which resemble the chirping, the Lashonara, you know, Twitter today, Twitter is full of Lashonara, and these two birds represent the two types of negative speech explained above. So the, then the Kohen would take a stick of cedar wood, colored wool, and a bunch of hyssops, and he would offer a bird and collect its blood, and an earthenware, in an earthenware vessel along with fresh water from the spring and then using the wool he would tie the high sops in a bunch and dip it along with the second bird in the vessel and this second bird he would let go free this second bird would not be sacrificed he would just be let free then the person would immerse in a mikvah and would wait another seven days and see that he wouldn't have any more lesions and during this interim, he had to shave all his body hair, everything, his facial hair, all his hair would go. And on the eighth day after the immersion, if he was rendered clean, he had to bring his sacrifice of two male sheep, one female sheep, a pancake of fine flour fried in oil, and an additional measure of oil. And once these sacrifices were offered, some of the blood from the male sheep is applied to the right earlobe, thumb, and big toe of the mezzora. And after all this was done, the purification process was completed. So this sounds like voodoo, like hocus pocus. It sounds like from another world. It doesn't sound Jewish. But in reality, this was a process that a person had to go through in order to be able to be uh, to get rid of this uh, malady that he had, this spiritual malady. Imagine today if we would have the this this. Uh, this uh, judgment on us of, of being a mezzora, everybody would be walking around like this. Because I, I think that one of the worst sins of today is that people uh, are always talking about someone else and not in a nice way. So if we had to go through all this process, I think that we would think a hundred times before we opened our mouths because it's, it's horrendous. So sadly, in our days, words became cheap. Everybody talks, nobody takes care of his mouth, and we have no regard for, for this. Words contain incredible power. Uh, with words, you can destroy or you can build. Uh, a home is built by kind, kind words. A child grows up with kind words. Uh, a good, people that feel good about themselves are surrounded by kind words. But when people are slashing at other people and they're criticizing them and they're not uh, growing up or, or they're not in an, an environment where people are kind to each other and their, their words are kind, this can really destroy a person. So the message that the Torah is conveying to us is that the words that, that uh, harm must be slaughtered, like, like the animal, when we put the animal as a sacrifice, it's like we're putting our words in the sacrifice. And we should do, all, all, do our best to refine our speech and speaking always positive and giving the benefit of the doubt to others. You know, it is this, what I just read about what, how a person would be purified from this malady is really shocking. It, it, for me, it was really shocking, but in reality, we have to understand that 
when we talk in a, in a not right way, not a refined way, it is shocking. It's even more shocking than the, than the, than the cure. The disease, what it creates, la shonara, is even worse than, than the cure. So on the other hand, we learned that the words of Torah should rise high. This is why the second bird was let free, because it represents why Hashem gave us the mouth, why Hashem gave us a speech. The speech he gave us is so we can use it to learn Torah, to talk words of Torah, to praise Hashem, to do brahas, to say nice things to people, to elevate people, not the other way around. So the last of the Sarat dictate the actual declaration of impurity it have to be made by a Kohen. Only the Kohen could tell a person he was uh, impure, that he had Sarat. Uh, nobody else could do this. Even if the Kohen was an ignorant child or it was a Kohen that was unfit to serve in the temple or was a person that was unlearned, it didn't matter. It had to be a Kohen. And any other person could come and say, yes, I know this is Sarat. Even if the Kohen couldn't know if it was Sarat or no, it could bring another person that was more expert in the case and the person would tell the Kohen, yes, this is Sarat, and then the Kohen would render it Sarat. But the, not any, any other person could say that a person had Sarat. So the, the, Ke, the Keli Yakar, who is Rabbi Shlomo Ephraim Ben Aaron of Lutschitz, who lived in the 15th century, gives a beautiful explanation of why the Kohen was the only one who could declare the Metzora Tamei. Tamei is a person who is ritually impure. In his own words, he would say, therefore I have decided to explain the procedure of the Metzora on the basis of these three sins of Lashonara, haughtiness, and lust for wealth. So what he's saying is that the the root of this evil of Lashonara comes from being a haughty person or being a person that is greedy and, and jealous of other people. Uh, nobody needs to t talk bad about anybody. People do it even unconsciously because they need to raise themselves up. They need to feel better. So the way that they feel better is to put somebody else down. This is haughtiness. This is pride. If a person is humble, he will never do this to another person. So thus it states, a person who will have in his skin a safe implies a, um, a raised lesion which comes as a result of haughtiness, like it's inflated, you know? When a person has a lot of arrogance, he's like full of himself. Or a sapahath, which is a peripheral lesion which comes from the greed and the envy. And or a bahereth, which is a lesion which is whitish color that comes from slander or humiliating another person uh, by doing lashonara. So you see, when you slander a person, you humiliate a person, that person becomes red in his face and he has white blotches because of the blood going up into his face. So this is why these three lesions had these three specific. Uh, ways to show themselves and each one of these lesions specifically specified what was the reason of the of the of the person the person becoming a metzora so if a person had a, a lesion that was raised then it was everybody knew that this person ha was a hardy person or if the lesion was a, a peripheral lesion then you knew this person was greedy and envious 
and that's how uh, this feeling of shame was very important that the person would experience it because if not he would not come to do Teshuvah, he wouldn't come to correct himself. So the Keliyakar gave us the causes of this spiritual malady and now he gives us the cure for them because yes we know why people get this but it's important to know how to get rid of it. So he notes that the entire process of the Metzora what to get rid of his saras involves a Kohen. We know that the Kohen is the only one that can come and heal this person. Not only he, he renders the person as a Metzora, he's the only one that can say this person has this malady, but also he's the only person that can cure him. And why is this? Because the Kohen was the complete opposite of these three sins. Aaron, the original Kohen, uh, the quintessential Kohen exemplified the qualities of humility, which is complete opposite of arrogance and haughtiness. He was generous and grateful, which is the, uh, the, 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 the complete opposite of uh, greedy and, and, and jealous. And he had love and peace in his heart. And this is the complete opposite of, of a person that has to be slandering and talking evil about other people. A person that has love inside of himself will never say anything negative about another person because he's he, he's so sure about himself he doesn't need to put anybody else down and he has love for another person so he he sees the other person his misdeeds he's not gonna slander him he's gonna have the benefit of the doubt towards that person he's gonna be merciful so he was never competing against his brother Moses and he completely understood that they were partners in fulfilling Hashem's will this is why there was no sibling rivalry between them. And he was content with his lot. We know that the Levim, the, 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 the tribe of Levi, which was from where the Kohen came, had no portion in the land of Israel. They were not given any part of the land. And they, 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 they had to serve in the temple. And anything they got was what they got from Hashem's decrees, like the offerings and people would bring the, the, the terumah to the temple, the 10% of what they made. Everything was given to the Kohen, but this is was because Hashem said it, everything came from high. But they were not looking at other people's houses and saying, oh, I would love to own a piece of land. They had not anything of this inside of them. They were grateful to be who they were and they knew their place. They, they didn't need anything else, they were happy with their lot. And also, he was always busy making peace amongst people, amongst couples when they were fighting. If two friends were fighting, he would go to, another, to one of the friends and say, you know what, Abraham Shlomo really misses you. He tells me he loves you. He feels very bad that you're not getting along. And then when Abraham would see Shlomo, they would hug each other and that was the end of the fight. So one of the primary functions of a Kohen, which stands still today, till our days is to do the Birkat Kohanim, the, the blessing of the Kohen to the congregation, to the entire congregation. And we see that this, this Berahan, this blessing that precedes the priestly blessing emphasizes that the Kohen must bless the congregant Be'ahava with love. Love is the reason for this blessing. The, the, this is special blessing, it says, Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with holiness, of, with holiness and has commanded us to bless his people, Israel, with love. So if a, if a Kohen has no love inside of him, his blessing cannot, it's not applicable. 
The Shulhan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, stipulates that a Kohen who has harbored hatred towards a congregant in his heart is disqualified from blessing the whole congregation. He cannot do the blessing because it has to come with love. The, the whole root of this blessing is love. So blessing with love is not just a verbal declaration. It's much more than that and it must be taken literally. If a Kohen can find the love in his heart, then he's just unable to bless. And so Kabbalah, the Kabbalah teaches us that why is the Kohen a person that has this ingrained trait inside of him? He, the, the Kabbalah explains that the, 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 the Sefirah, where the, the soul of a Kohen is rooted, comes from the Sefirah of Hesed, love and kindness. He comes from this Sefirah, from this, this, um, this, uh, this place. You know, we have 10 attributes, 10 Sefirot, Hokma, Bina, Dad, and then those are the intellectual, and then there's the, the emotional Hesed, which is where the Kohen comes, and then we have Gevura, which is justice, and then we have Tiferet, which is mercy, and so on. The, the coin comes from the Sefirah of Hesed. So he cannot be different from love. This is his, his insight. This is how he's made. This is his makeup. So we see today, really, that if you take with the DNA testing, you can say who is a coin or not. And they have tasted so many people in our days that, for example, most of the people from Ethiopia that are Jewish are Kohen. They come from the tribe of Levi, and it's known because of their DNA. So it's something bigger than us, but it is proof, it's proven today. So since a true coin comes from this source, there is no other way that he can bless but love, and, but with love and kindness. And even he has to pass a grave judgment as the one of, it, of the Metzora. It's not easy to go and tell a person, you, you're a Metzora, you have Saras. Imagine how, how shameful that is for a person that they tell them, tell them he's a Metzora. He does it with a heavy heart. He's not happy to tell the person that, he's, that he has his, this ailment. He's, he's, he's beyond himself. He's so sad. He doesn't want this person to have this. He's saddened by this veredict. So he will do anything in his power to look for another outcome. He'll look any way around to make sure that that person is a, it's a metzora. And, uh, and he'll find any solution that he can uh, to be able to, uh, to make this veredict uh, just not true. But once it's true, he has to say that that person has a saras. So you see from here that he not only tells the person that, he ha that he's a Metzora, but he checks on him every week. And not only that, he takes him through the whole process with love, with mercy, with understanding, so this person can come back to being um, a a ritually pure. So we live in an age in, in, in which if someone does something wrong, it's the complete opposite. If a person does something wrong, it's merciless. Like you see today, if a person that did something 40 years ago in high school and today he wants to be an important person, they don't forgive him, it's merciless. People don't have compassion. They don't forgive other people. People can change, people can grow, people can become better people from what they were before. And this is what the Kohen had that most people don't have. They, they see the good in people and they believe in people. They trust them, they believe in them. And for a person to be able to get out of his predicament of whatever he's going through in life, 
many people go through many challenges in life and sometimes they fall very low they fall in places they shouldn't be but if they have someone next to them that believes in them and, and, and goes with them and holds their hand and is with them through their whole process most likely this person will be able to come through. So this is the teaching of this parasha, of, 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 of the whole uh, story of the Tzaraz and the Metzora. And the Kohen uh, teaches us that we have to love, we have to love people, we have to not judge people, we have to help people. If we're gonna judge someone, it has to come from a place of love, it has to come from a place of caring, and a place of really wanting the best for the other person. Person. So there is a Hasidic doctrine that uh, that uh, that teaches us, and and I want to make a suggestion suggestion that we should learn from this uh, Hayom Yom. It says uh, that it demands that before reproving another person, one must pare his own nails. One must file his own nails in order not to gash the other the forces of evil says by the fingernails every step is, is comes from klipa and the sitra ahra this is the hayom yom from elul 22nd and this metaphor what it's telling us and it's it's easy to understand that we have to file our fingernails before we go and slash somebody because it's painful if you grab someone with the sharp fingernails you're gonna harm the person but if you file them then it's gonna be less uh, painful so so what might be a harmless or innocent comment can become spiteful and hurtful and whenever we reprove another person we must take care that there is no sting in our words that there's no other agenda than to really want the best for the other person this is so important when we're educating our kids when we have to reprove our children because we do have to reprove them to be able to teach them the right way but don't do it out of a place of, of judgment, harshness, of, of, of self-entitlement, of haughtiness. Do it from a place that you really are looking for the best for this child. When you reprove a kid and you tell them, I'm doing this not because I want to, but because I have to show you the right way because I want you to be the best you can be. Not I want me to have the best kid. No, it's not about me, it's about you. It's about you being the best you can be. That's my whole purpose in life is making a mensch out of you because you deserve to be the best you can be. Not because of me, because of you. Then we can come to criticize another person and reprove them because it really comes from the best place, which is a place of love. So I leave you here. I wish you a great week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.